Welcome to the Citizens Web 3 podcast. I'm your host, Brandon D'Artagnan. In this episode, I sit down with NFT co-founder He Who Is Paul of Guardians of All Lost Souls to deep dive into their NFT project that aims to not only support those negatively affected by so-called malicious rug pulls, but it also provides a medium for accountability for those project founders or teams that are continuing to scam the NFT community. Paul will also be providing some personal insights into how he sees augmented reality integrating with NFTs, not only as a utility, but as new Web3 marketing tools. Please join me in welcoming he who is Paul to the podcast today. All right, Paul, really excited, man, to have you on the show. You've got an amazing story to tell, and uh, I can't wait to just jump right into it. One of the questions I like to ask uh, the guest is, for the most part, just to let listeners know where you're coming from, your story. So just give us a little bit of background on who Paul is and, you know, and how he came about. Yeah, cheers, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Um, so, well, I've been, we've been around since 2020 uh, in the NFT scene. Uh, we started off as, well, when I say we, I say me and my wife, started off as moderators, mainly in many projects. Uh, we've seen lots of different things happen from projects successfully sell out to projects start rug pulling, scamming people, um, you know, not quite making it and fizzling out. We've seen some pretty horrific things over our time. We just didn't like, you know, and didn't agree with. So yeah, that's what's led us to where we are now. Yeah, gotcha. Thanks for that. For the most part, how would you say that the project that you guys are involved in sort of gives back to the community? Because I know that you and I have talked about this. And one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show was your project has so much depth and meaning that first and foremost, it was new. It's a new concept that I've not heard of. And second of all, it's it's a really noble cause. So can you kind of just elaborate on the project itself and what it aims to give back to the community? Yeah, so the project's guardians of all lost souls you know we've we've been rug pulled ourselves we've seen you know someone lose their life over being rug pulled and there was nowhere where anybody could do something with that rug dart or feel like they could be compensated or um, in any way so we designed or come up with the idea of let's trade this rugged art and give back or give people the option to get into projects that are actually going. They might not have made it or might be struggling or just need more people around, more exposure. Um, so we've created like what you call almost like a rugged wall of shame. We're sort of shaming the people and showing the artwork that have been rugged. But at the same time, we're using it to showcase and, sh and what projects are rugged um, for new people into the scene. One of the biggest problems is new people come into the scene if they don't have a buddy with them or someone to guide them and explain what the what the goal is or and they haven't put that hundred hours minimum of research of what nfts are into it then they just jump on OpenSea and go oh this is a cool looking picture they buy it and then they go to their friend or they jump in to somewhere and go so i bought this nft now what and then, you know, you sort of tell them, well, that's rug art. It's got, there's nothing to it. It's just, you know, hope you like the art sort of thing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that gives us a bad name. And the first thing they say is, how was I meant to know? And it's true. How is anyone meant to know? There's no sort of flagging system or something there in place for new people to know what's connected and what's not. So we're using this wall as like a, you know, a do not buy wall, like avoid these projects wall, yeah. like 
so people have somewhere at least to start and then it gives these people who track who like enjoying the the thrill of the chase of tracking wallets you know one from 900 to wallets back down to the single one and find out who it is um, it gives them a place to start start connecting the dots we've unfortunately met founders before that have rug pulled people gone on and rug pulled again so to avoid that the best way to do it is you know start connecting them you know the funds from the first rug pool gets used somewhere along the line the blockchain is transparent as it can be you know yeah. event it can go from one wallet to 20 different wallets but eventually it's going to end up being somewhere that can be tracked so if you can put a few dots together and avoid another project scamming more more money out and in, in crypto out of the system then that's all we aim to do is just try to help people and stop this rubbish from happening no, that's spot on. And you're so right in terms of the blockchain being that point of accountability, right? And, and I think these rug pullers, these scammers are sort of relying on the fact that a lot of people don't know that. A lot of newbies coming into this space don't know that there's transparency that you can track with those wallets. You know, one of the things that I've I sort of heard from someone that I look up into this space and they talked about rug pulls. And I know you and I've talked about this in the past. For the most part, when you hear about a rug pull, and this is for the listeners you know, listening in today, uh, for the most part, when you hear about a rug pull, and that's usually something malicious, and that's usually, you know, like Paul's talking about here uh, with their mission with goals, is that, you know, someone aiming to do a rug pull means to come in, make a quick buck, and just split. They don't really care about, you know, the community. They don't care about people's money. But I also say on the flip side is that sometimes people will start a project, whether it's one person or a group of people, they'll start a project all well good intent you know i've seen many of them out there they mean well they come in they start the project they have a good roadmap you know they've got all the good frills on the website things like that all the things that you would expect good social medias all that good stuff and then for some reason maybe the the founders uh, they're not really good at business so exactly or, or something comes into their personal life and they have to step aside from this web3 nft project you know, and, and I think sometimes that might give them a bad rap, but make no mistake. Most of the time when we hear of a rug pull, it's someone that did it on purpose. And you talked about, you know, someone or a project or a group of people that did it multiple times. So I'm really excited and I'm really proud of you guys for stepping up to the plate, you know, and changing the status quo. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. You know, it's a lease that we can do. We, we really love this scene. Um, it's got so much potential and, there are amazing people and communities out here and a lot of potential for everyone to make more money in the scene. You don't have to be a founder, you can be an investor, you know, and the networking side, I think that's the most exciting part about this is the people you meet. Yeah. Um, we've met some amazing people like here in Australia, the amazing people we've met overseas. It's crazy. Yeah. Something we believe in and we wanted to give back and the best part is we're able to help other projects as well at the same time. Not only are we helping people who've been done wrong like we have ourselves, so we know that, you know, that pain and feeling, but we can also help projects that aren't also succeeding the way they might have hoped. Of the market's flipped on its head from what it was six, eight months ago where you could sure. sell out anything. You know, now people are putting in the hard yards and we see all the time people constantly in the space and you, you say do you ever sleep and that you know they're just pushing hard and they're, they're they're showing that they're real people so and that's what we do and that's what we want to help people you know um other people see and we've all a lot of people have 
sitting there with a lot of uh, art that they just, you know, collecting meta dust, sort of say, um, <laughs> that, you know, that they're never going to look at, they're never going to use. Why not get rid of it and get onto something new? You know, we've got some amazing projects that have donated generously to our um, store where, you know, you trade in that rugged art and you could be, you can get this project and who's to say in a year's time, that project might not be sitting at a huge floor price now, but go through the, to the moon in no time sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's a fast moving space and there's a lot of potential. So we've all just got to work together. Awesome. Yeah. No, a champion to you and your wife for, for heading up this project. It means a lot. Look, I think a really important question, I think I want to piggyback and sort of segue from what you've been talking about is, you know, what is your advice to the newbies, to the, to the new, you know, NFT founders, new NFT project goers that are starting new in this space? What advice would you give to them? Definitely um, do your research into everything. It's definitely not easy to be a founder. You're seeing now Web2 businesses come into Web3. They're not even making it. Like these are hundred billion dollar businesses that are struggling to make it into this scene. They have to buy and the community sort of aspect side of it. That's the side that they don't understand. So I think, you know, getting yourself out there to begin with before doing anything, start learning, meeting people. And then the scene is sort of changing. In my opinion, I think the scene is changing where people are sick of hearing shill after shill after shill. They will just want to see what's, you know, see you producing things, see, meet the people behind the projects, you know, know who they are. Like, you know, we go to real, uh, real life events. Um, we've met a few of our um, holders. There's no better feeling than to personally thank them and for their support and know that you're helping someone. You know, I think doxing, doing your research, yeah, definitely two big things to <laughs> to do before wanting to get into um into this scene. No, I appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners do as well. You know, look, one of the things I think I heard that at least for me, from my point of view, is community, 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 right? Get the community built first. Let people know you're out there. Like you said, do your research. You know, but when it comes to community in this whole Web3 space, not just NFTs, but Web3 as a whole, I feel like it's it's a different paradigm shift of the followers that, you know, projects had in the Web2 space. You know, these big corporations, they just wanted followers, right? They just wanted visual sort of people that they could throw advertisements against where web three is all about community and people really need to know that they can be a part of something bigger than themselves so i think that's where the community building is and, and i'll even sort of i guess quote uh dill from a group that i'm with uh from nft melbs and, and him and i had a conversation about this in terms of you know web two versus web three in terms of community versus followers and Early on in, in the whole Web3 space, it seemed like it was important to have thousands or tens of thousands of people on your socials like Discord and you know and Twitter and Instagram. And it's that was too much of a quantity sort of game to where quality yeah. uh, is more, that's more the game nowadays. You know, it's not even a game. It, it's more like that is where it's at. Like people want to be a part of a closer knit community, not some big sounding wall. What's your take on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think people definitely want to uh, feel more connected with not just the founders and the people inside the project, but with the other community members too. You know, they it's more personalized. There's no there's no place, you know, we can't go to Apple and go meet Steve Jobs or, you know, we can't go to Microsoft and go meet Bill Gates and have a chat with him like, like you can in Web3. So 
to build that rapport and relationship with everyone is just, it, I think that's what everyone really likes. You know, everyone likes to feel a part of something. The stronger, I guess, the, the stronger everyone's belief in what you're doing and, and why you're doing it, you know, a great start. The more people who see you doing what you're talking about and see that how passionate you are about it, people start seeing that and then they're like, wow, you know, this guy's like for real, you know, these people are doing something great. You know, I want to be a part of that because, you know, this is something that's going to be, you know, you got to be thinking long-term. Like yeah. a lot of people just think, oh, short-term money flip. You know, it's, it's not like that. This is a slow, a slow game and it's a, um, it's here for a long time. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think as this space matures, I think, you know, and, and as, people that are exploring the space as they mature and as they put on their proverbial hundred hours plus of research, right? I think people are starting to understand that it's not short term. They'll, they'll be able to pick it out and go, this is just a, maybe it's not a, a rug pull, but it's just a, they just want to get in get out kind of quick for the medium term. And I think that short slash medium term will fail by comparison to that long term that you're speaking about. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at a project that, stands behind something it's it's got a group of developers it's got a group of community builders and they're really trying their best to just say hey we're here and we're not going anywhere and i think like i said as time goes by and not even to the point to where this becomes mainstream globally but i think when it becomes mainstream you know to the folks that were early on like ourselves i think we'll start to understand you know the difference between that short medium term project versus the one that's here to stay Hey, uh, one question I like to ask all the guest speakers is, where do you see Web3 in the NFT space in the coming months, years? And like I said before, there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's just, you know, where do you see this space going? Uh, personally, I think NFTs are just going to become real mainstream that people won't even know you're using the blockchain. In terms of like, say, metaverse style, stuff like that, I think... There will be some sort of metaverse, but I guess that's on everyone's opinion. Like my personal opinion, I see metaverses. It's just like another gaming world, like Minecraft or like Fortnite or something like that. It's just another metaverse world like that, where everyone can jump in and talk and do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But the way I see it more heading is more the AR side. I think, you know, we're going to be looking at NFTs and things like that um, in an AR perspective. You've got big companies like Google, Apple, creating, trying to come out with the first um, glasses that incorporate AR technology. And I think that's where we're more likely to head. You're not going to ever escape the real world. And I think if you can bring technology into the real world aspect, that's where people are most likely going to head. So. You know, you're walking down the street with your glasses on and you see a heads up display of, of um, you know, what's happening in front of you, text message from Bob or a, you know, um, you're walking past your favorite store and they happen to have the flash sale on for the day and, you right. know, pop up on the side or, you know, even your clothing brands, you know, you look at um, um, Artifact and Nike and what they're doing with their hoodies and their sneakers and stuff like that people are going to be walking around and you're going to see them. And if they're wearing that, happen to be wearing that brand or they own that NFT, then you're going to see them dressed as that with your glasses on. You know, you take your glasses on, they've got real life product. You put the glasses on, you see in the AR version where it's animated, looks, you know, highlighted and stuff like that. You're going to see big companies putting, um, you know, you'd be sitting at a set of traffic lights, 
in your car and you'll see a heads up display of your your speedo and stuff like that. And then above the traffic lights, you're seeing, you know, displays of advertisements um, come across, you know, across the sky sort of thing. And that's, I think that's the way the world's going to head. In. And NFTs has definitely got a big part in that, especially with the fashion industry, the music industry, and then, you know, just having art there on the side of like a, say a vacant, a vacant wall, you're walking down an alleyway or, you know, and it's just a big brick wall and, you know, people could rent that space out with their um, NFTs, big pictures of say a board ape sure. or something like that on the side of a wall and take the glasses off. There's nothing there. That's yeah. where I think NFTs and, and it's the, it's going to head towards. That's my opinion anyway. No, there's some good insights. And look, I don't disagree. I think a lot of what you just said is going to come to fruition, you know, in the next year, the next two years to some degree, maybe not to the to the nth degree that you just explained it, which is pretty exciting, by the way. Uh, you know, look, one of the artists, and this is near term, one of the artists that we had on the show recently, uh, she's got some of her artwork in a metaverse type experience now you can look at it from a mobile device or a computer without any type of specialized you know ir sort of headgear you can just look at it with your regular computer gear and it's fine it gives you a sense a taste a dip in your toes into this uh, metaverse like gallery but when you put the headset on you actually get this immersive experience like you're there right like you mm. cannot deny that you feel you know visually it's stunning so I'm really hopeful uh, from from a collector's point of view and just a, a Web3 enthusiast that this sort of technology takes place and sort of comes to more fruition sooner than later. That would be my hope. Hey, Paul, we are about to come up to the end of the time here for this session, and I really appreciate your time, really appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story. It means a lot to us, and I'm sure it means a lot to the listeners. Before we end, where can people find you? Where can people find the project? Uh, we're mainly on Twitter mostly. So my personal is like, he, he was Paul. You'll find me on Twitter. And then our um, goals, NFT or Guardians of All Lost Souls are also on there, um, there. And yeah, we just got a Discord, but yeah, we're mainly on Twitter. Okay. Well, cool, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, we'll make sure to put those uh, socials in the description of the podcast below after the show. All right, Paul, thanks for your time, man. And I really appreciate it. So hopefully maybe we can uh, work together on another project. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Mike. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for tuning in to today's session. Don't forget to follow the show and our guest speakers on the socials listed in the comments below. See you next time.